Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, apparently you are all absolutely loving the parenting episodes, so that's good to know. Um, It makes all the work that I put in so worth it, so worthwhile. So good to know also that there are quite a few people listening who don't even have kids um, yet. And like I said in the very first one, smart people um, are having a plan even before you go into parenthood. So it's so good to have you on the journey. This is our third parenting episode. um, So make sure you go back and check out the other two. Thank you to everyone that messaged me. Thank you especially to those people that shared it with their friends. Um, I am really, really grateful and I truly just want to help people raise great kids. So um, I appreciate you sharing it. All right. So let's get going with today. I've promised I will always start with a bit of a fun quote. So here we go for today's. This is really funny. Anyone that's got a toddler will totally relate to this. The fastest land mammal is a toddler who's been asked what's in their mouth. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. It's so true. The second you say to a kid, hey, what's in your mouth? They literally go running the other way. All right. So last week I spoke about why discipline and uh, and obedience or first time obedience in particular, why it's so important. Um, and I really love the messages that I got back so many. I mean, gosh, I got messages from teachers. I got messages from grandparents, um, from mums. And really, we're all in agreement. I think that it is really important to discipline your child. But remember last week, and please go back. It's so important that you go back to last week's episode before you listen to this week's, because I set out the reasons why first-time obedience and disciplining is so important. And because it's not about having a list of rules and a list of consequences, it's actually about training and shaping the moral heart of your child. And one young mum even wrote in and said, you know, as a young mum, I'm made to feel at times like disciplining my child is some sort of abuse. And she just felt so encouraged to hear a podcast and episodes like this because please don't fall into that trap. Please don't believe that narrative and that rhetoric because it couldn't be further from the truth. Disciplining and discipling our children's moral heart is the kindest thing that we can do for our children and for us as parents and for our families as a whole. So, Remember, of course, what first-time obedience looks like. I talked about that towards the end of last week's podcast. I'll go over that again in a moment. Today is all about how do you teach first-time obedience? How do you implement it? And then next week, I thought I'd do a third part on what do I do when my child completely disobeys and doesn't obey me first time? Because I was going to cram it all into one, but I think it's just too much. So I just want to focus today on four steps of how to implement it. So let's go back for a second and look at what first time obedience actually looks like. So when you give your child an instruction, you expect them to do four things. And remember, these are the four things that I want you to burn into your brain. And they are that you expect your child to obey immediately, completely, without challenge, 
and without complaining. Those four things is what first-time obedience looks like. And if they don't do one of those, then they are actually disobeying you. So if they don't obey straight away, they're disobeying. If they don't obey your instruction completely, the way you've asked them to, they're disobeying. If they challenge you, they're disobeying. If they do it even complaining in a complaining manner, that is still disobeying. Okay, so they're the four things that you expect. Now, it sounds like the perfect world, right? That you have this child that just, you say something and they do it straight away. Like, isn't that kind of Brady Bunch material? Go back and watch the Brady Bunch. It's hilarious. It's literally like first time (laughs) obedience on steroids. Uh, But you can achieve this, but it is a journey and children are not going to be 100% perfect and we're not going to be 100% perfect, but it is the the plan to work towards. But just remember, it is a journey. And if you don't expect them to obey first time, they won't. Remember, I talked last week about children will follow your lead. They will follow your resolve. They will simply follow what you expect. So if you teach and expect first time obedience, you'll get it. If you don't expect it, uh, then believe me, they're not going to give you first time obedience. That's just the way that children are. All right, so remember, you've got to know the why behind the what, which is why last week's podcast was so important. And this is all about training your child's moral heart. You're looking at the little boy in your household is one day going to be a man. That little girl is one day going to be a full-blown woman walking in this world, and it's up to us to train them now, okay? So... I, um, I just want to remind us all that one of the hugest keys to implementing first-time obedience is actually that we need to be consistent. And being consistent is a key to parenting in general, but it's really important with first-time obedience, okay? A child will work out super quickly if you're not consistent, It's not up to the child to be consistent with first-time obedience. It's up to us to be consistent with following through. So what do you do if you have got an older child and you have not implemented this, but you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so keen to do this. So I'll go through the four steps in just a minute. But if you've got slightly older children and you haven't used this principle before, and your kids have been running rings around you and you realize that you've become that parent that asks their child 50,000 times to do something and you realize that you need to make changes in your family, it's not too late. You can start this process at any age. It doesn't matter how old they are, even if they're like young teens. It's just that you don't want to do it in such a way that you're treating them like a two-year-old when you're teaching them. But I would, if I were you, I would actually set my children down, sit them down and explain to them what it is that you're now going to be doing as a parent. And of course, if you've got a partner, then you both sit down together. Just remember, I was raised in a single parent home, okay? So I'm not assuming that everyone here listening has got um, um, a two-parent family, Um, but you can just as equally apply these principles because my mum did. So 
It works regardless. So what I would do is I would sit my children down and I would actually say, look, mum and dad, we're really sorry that we've actually set some really confusing standards um, for you by asking you for things, but not expecting you to do them. That is actually really confusing to kids when we as an adult are asking them to do something, but then we don't follow through on them actually doing it. We are setting a double standard for our kids because we're saying one thing, but we're doing another. And that is really confusing for children. So we need to say, hey guys, we're really sorry. And we have been setting some standards and not following through. And that's not your guys' fault. That's actually our fault. And mum and dad are really sorry. And we're just going to make a couple of changes. And we're really excited about this. And and we're going to um, be doing something. You're going to hear us talking about it a lot. And that is um, that from now on, mum and dad expect first time obedience and start introducing it that way. But say to them, hey, we're on this journey together. And because your children are older, give them the why behind the what. Tell them why you are introducing this and go back to the other episode to listen to that. And you could use some of those reasons that I gave to you. All right, so what is this four-step process for training your child to obey your instruction first time? So there's four steps. The first one is this, always verbally set out your instructions or your expectations of what is about to happen and what you expect. Let me just say it again. When you are dealing with your kids, always verbally set out the expectations of what's about to happen and what you expect from them. Be really clear about this. Now, this is probably, and maybe I found this easier because I'm a teacher. I would talk to my kids constantly during the day and I would let them know what was about to happen in our day because kids don't know, like we have a plan in our day. Like we, well, most of us hopefully do. You get up and you kind of, you know what the day is going to look like. Children don't know. And so they're constantly just blindsided by what we're, by what we expect of them. So it's very powerful to verbally set out an expectation just in little chunks, by the way, don't, don't tell your kid what's going to happen for the whole day. They're not going to remember, but just in little chunks, set out for them what's going to happen and what you expect from them. So let's look at a couple of examples. So say, you know, it's late afternoon and you're going to your uh, your sister's house for dinner that night. I would say to my kids, hey guys, we are going to Aunty Jenny's house for dinner tonight and I expect you to eat whatever's put on your plate without complaining, even if you don't like it. All right. So what you're doing is you're letting them know what's happening so they can prepare their little minds. Oh, I'm going to Aunty Jenny's house for dinner. And then just give them one expectation. I want you to eat everything that's in front of you without making a face. Now, it's really powerful to do this because what you're doing is you're helping them already to set the tone of what you expect from them behaviorally. Because Kids need to remember what I said. Kids need to be taught and trained. A kid, a child, I should say child, sorry, I'm a teacher. That's terrible. I'm saying kid. A child is, they're honest. They don't mean to be rude. So if they don't like Aunty Jenny's cooking or they don't like something that Aunty Jenny put on the plate, it is normal for a child to go, ew, I don't like that. That's gross. I I don't want to eat that. I'm not eating that. We need to teach and train their moral heart that that is rude. 
You don't go to someone's house and say that or do that, but we can't expect children to know that. And that's why we're doing them a kindness by setting out a verbal expectation that, you know, you might not like what's in front of you, but I expect you to smile and eat it and then tell mummy later that you didn't like it. I would say the same when my kids were opening gifts. I remember once one of my kids, I can't remember who it was, opened a gift straight away out of their mouth. They were like, I've already got one of these. And I was like, oh, how embarrassing. And I would say to my children after that, when you open a gift from anybody, you say, thank you very much. And even if you've got it already, or you don't like it, tell mummy later and let mummy deal with that. So can you see how your verbal instructions are just constantly setting the tone of what you expect? Another example was when I would go to cafes, because being a pastor, I would often have coffee catch-ups with people. I would say to my kids, we're about to go to a cafe to have coffee with so-and-so. I expect you to sit quietly at the table and you may play with anything in your backpack, but there's no running around. So you can see that I'm verbally setting out the expectations. And usually also, if I'm asking something of them like that, I would also say, and, um, you know, at the end of an hour, if you've been really good, mummy will take you to the park. And so again, I'm just setting out that expectation. So you lay out very clearly what you expect from your child. And you do this with everything. Just make it a habit to constantly do it. It actually helps stop a lot of poor behavior before it even begins. Because like I said, children are immature. They don't have developed brains. They don't know what's what's right and what's wrong. And, and disciplining and, and teaching obedience is us helping them to know right from wrong. So uh, the other thing I would do when I'm giving a verbal instruction, like I would set out uh, verbally what we're about to do. But if I gave any sort of instruction, I would also remind them and mummy expects first time obedience. I would always throw that in. I expect you to obey me first time. Now, the reason that I did this is because again, I'm setting the tone that we obey first time. So how long should you do this for? I literally did this for years. Like, Years. I felt like I spent half my life saying, um, this is what we're about to do. Mummy expects you to do da-da-da or daddy expects you to do blah-blah-blah and we expect you to obey first time. Now, I remember Georgia got to about the age of 11 and I thought, you know what? Why am I still saying to her I expect first time obedience? She literally pretty much obeyed me first time 95% of the time. So once it becomes, once first time nature becomes second nature, to your child, you can stop saying that part. But until then, keep adding that into your verbal expectations, okay? Secondly, the second thing to remember, and this is a nuance I talked about last week, we need to be fair when a child is in the middle of something. We might have to give them a time warning, okay? So, it's only fair, um, you think of yourself when you're in the middle of something, you're in the middle of um, I don't know, you're in the middle of doing a job, you're in the middle of watching a TV program or whatever it is. No one likes to be interrupted and just plucked out of what they're doing. So we need to be fair to our kids. And if there's something that you're asking them to do, but they are in the middle of doing something, be fair and give them a time, uh, a time frame. So for example, hey, 
Tim in five minutes, so say Tim's playing with his blocks, in five minutes, I'm going to ask you to pack up and get ready for bed. Okay, so you're not just going to him and saying, Tim, it's bedtime, pack your blocks up. That's exasperating to a child and you might, that's when you might start to get some um, you know, some complaints or it's, you're frustrating your child by not giving them a time frame. Whereas if you give them a time frame of five minutes, then that gives them time to mentally prepare themselves for, okay, my playtime's coming to an end. It just helps them out. And remember, stick to your five minutes. You might say, my kid's too little. They don't know what five minutes is. They'll learn pretty quick. If every time you're giving some sort of instruction, you say in five minutes or in 10 minutes, Don't then come back to them in 20 minutes because then you are teaching them that five minutes is actually a lot longer than what it is. If you constantly say, in five minutes, mummy's going to ask you to, and you come back after five minutes, your kid knows pretty quickly what five minutes roughly feels like to them. Another example, hey, Molly, when mummy finishes her coffee in five minutes, it's time to leave the playground, okay? And so you're setting that expectation, okay? So they're the first to set a verbal expectation of what you want, what you expect, that you expect them to obey first time. Number two, give them a time warning. Number three, this is a very powerful thing to do. Ask the child for a an agreement and a response after you give an instruction. The reason is if a child hears themselves say, yes, mom, yes, dad, they're more apt to actually obey your instruction. It's really powerful. Try me out on this one. Uh, So you can actually teach this to your child, by the way, as soon as they can say the word yes, which is pretty young. But even before they can say the word yes, I would start to use this kind of language with them. So let me me show you how it goes. So uh, Liam, mummy would like you to put all your trucks in your toy box now and I expect you obey, to obey me first time, okay? Now say, yes, mummy. So can you see what I did? Set out the instruction, told him I expected first time obedience, and then I asked for a response. Yes, mummy. And then, of course, he would say, yes, mummy. Or, Ashton, when Nana comes, I'd like you to stop what you are doing and go and say hi and give her a hug. And I expect you to obey first time, Okay. Can I hear a yes, mummy, please? Yes, mummy. It is a very powerful thing to do. Now, you might think, oh my gosh, Renee, this sounds so scripted. It's actually not. Once you understand how powerful these principles are and how beautiful your kids behave when they when we uh, implement these things, it just becomes second nature. And I very much spoke to my kids like that when they were very little all the time. So I gave them the instruction, told them I expected first time obedience, and then asked for an agreement response. Yes, mummy. Okay. They're the first three steps. The final one, and we'll finish up on this, is to give them lots of praise when they do obey you straight away. When they uh, carry out first-time obedience, let them know um, when they've when they've obeyed your instruction immediately, fully, without challenge and without complaint. Let them know that they're doing the right thing. So, for example, I would say to my kids. Um, Liam, good boy for packing up your toys so quickly and getting your toothbrush. I'm so proud of you. So let them know that you are really proud of them. And praise, of course, is just reinforcing the positive behavior that you're after. And um, gosh, I learned that in uni 
25 years ago that praise is is a positive rewarder and it helps to reinforce and to get that good behavior time and time again. So give them lots of praise. So there we go. They're the four steps on how to implement first time obedience. Let me quickly go through the four again. So number one, set the expectations verbally of what's about to happen and what you expect. And don't forget to throw in there the, I expect you to obey first time. Number two, if necessary, give a time warning where appropriate. If you're about to pull them out of a, uh, something that they're really involved in or they're at a friend's house playing. Number three, expect um, an agreement response from them by letting them know, I want you to say, yes, mummy. Except if they're like 10, you might say, I want to hear a yes, mum. <laughs> and then four, fourthly, you praise them. Okay, so set out the expectation, give them a time warning, expect a verbal response from them and praise them for their obedience. So that's it. That's the four. Make sure that you maybe go back and listen again, write them down if you have to, listen to my examples um, and start practicing it yourself. Even if you practice it in increments, practice step one with them and then introduce step two and, and then step three and four. Um, and then next week, I'm going to look at the big, uh, big question, which is what do I do when my child doesn't obey first time or they don't obey straight away or they complain? What do I do with that? And so we will go into that next week. But for now, I just want to leave you with those four. So I hope that you really enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. Um, again, I'd love it if you shared it, subscribed, rated, whatever. That really helps me heaps. And um, yeah, share it with your mum friends and dad friends. Um, and let's see if we can practice that this week. That's your homework. Let me know how you go. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.com.